Hey guys, Beth and Katie here. Welcome back to another episode of Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so happy you're here, and if you are a pre-PA, you are in the right place. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to share something super exciting with you. We are putting on a free five-day workshop to show you how to create your strongest PA school application. Each day of the workshop will be a different topic, and each day will cover a component of your PA school application that is super important to landing interviews and getting accepted. The workshop is on October 20th through the 24th, and we will be showing you exactly how to create your strongest app for PA school. We will be talking about how to choose the right PA schools for your highest chances of getting accepted, how to write an outstanding personal statement, and your strongest CASPA experience details, and lots more. So save your seat for the workshop now. When you sign up, you will be given the link for the workshop's private Facebook group where we will be hanging out before the workshop. And this is also where you will find the Zoom links for the workshop. So sign up now. It's completely free. And we can't wait to see you on October 20th through the 24th for the workshop and also in the private Facebook group. You are going to walk away from this month knowing how to create your most competitive PA school application. We are so pumped for you and for this. So sign up in the episode notes and save your seat now. Now on to today's episode. So today we're going to take an interesting turn and we're going to talk a little bit about how to choose your PA schools and how PA schools are different. So we get asked all the time, can I go outside my state? If I want to work in a certain area, does it matter where I graduate from? What about private versus public schools? Do you have any advice on that, etc.? And we had a really interesting research article pop up in our journal this week. And so I just want to talk about it a little bit and just gives you some statistics and some stats on students who are applying to PA school. So first off, let's talk about location. Now, if you know Katie and I, you know we discuss how we don't think location matters, how you need to apply to the PA school that is right for you, but let's see what the average PA student does. So in this study, they quote that most undergraduate students enroll in a school within 50 miles of home. So for undergrad, most people stay close to home and family where they grew up and stay in state. But they say in graduate PA education, the majority of students, in fact, almost 60% of students, attend a program outside their home state. So not only just far away, but also outside their state. So the majority of PA students do not go to a PA school inside their state, which really does make sense because states vary with the number of PA schools they have. And again, you need to match your prereqs and all of your strengths to your schools. So this really makes sense for me and this resonates for us. So they also say that the majority, and this was from 2019, so this is a few years old, but the majority of applicants who apply to PA programs actually matriculate into private non-for-profit schools versus public schools. So almost 65% of students go into private, not-for-profit schools, and around 30% go to public institutions, which is really interesting. And so I went to a PA school that was actually associated with the medical school. So we had a medical school, so we had a lot of medical facilities. We actually had a hospital at our school because I went to a very, very big school. And it says in this article that most of the schools do not have a medical school associated with them. So around 73% of schools are not affiliated with a medical school versus around 27 of them who are. So if you decided to apply out of state, if you decided to apply to a public school or even a school that's not associated with a medical school, know that you're in good hands, that the vast majority of PAs do exactly what you're doing, which is really reassuring, right? So they go to the school that's right for them. 
This study also looked at the prerequisites, and I think this is the most interesting part of the study, because again, we get asked all the time about prereqs, and we know that some prereqs are pretty common, like anatomy and physiology, but some schools require immunology, right? And some schools require English, and, so, and a lot of the times, students actually have to take additional prereq classes, right? You either have to take post-bac classes, or you had to add additional classes into your undergraduate career if you knew you are going to PA school. And so they give a little bit of stats on that. And they say a large majority of respondents, over 70%, reported needing to take additional credits. And the average amount of credit students have to take is 14.5 credit hours in order to satisfy the prereqs needed for PA school programs. And so this is really interesting because we get asked all the time about taking post-bac classes and how it looks and what to do and you feel like you're behind and you feel like everybody else is in front of you. But look here, over 70% of students need to take additional classes. So you're not behind. Everybody else has to take additional classes too. And that's again because we all have different majors. Sometimes we come to the PA profession late. Sometimes we have certain schools that we really want to apply to and they might have an extra hour like immunology or you might have to take micro that you didn't in undergrad and so this is just really reassuring to you students who might be taking some post-bac classes and feel like you're behind you're not behind over 70 percent of students need to take and the average number taking is 14.5 credit hours that's a lot of post-bac classes and one of the suggestions they give for this is the fact that the number of pa programs has increased from 2006 to 2020 by 89 percent that is a huge number of increase. I remember when I was applying to PA school, there was not nearly as many PA schools. And sure enough, I didn't know it was quite this big of a jump, but from 2006 to 2020, 89% increase in the number of PA schools, right? So students have their choice, but then PA schools are also able to be more specific with their requirements because there's more people applying to PA school. So this study shows that over 50% of programs, so over half of the programs, require the six following prereq courses, require anatomy, require physiology, require microbiology, statistics, general chemistry, and psychology. So if you're thinking about the PA path and you're thinking about what major you want to major in, if you are really truly considering PA, then I would consider making sure that you take these six courses, right? So over half of the programs in the United States require at least these six courses. So when you're going through really planning out your year, if you're early in your career, make sure you have these six courses somewhere in your curriculum in order to be competitive for the majority of PA programs. So it says about 95% of PA programs actually have prerequisites in anatomy. And physiology is actually a little higher. It says around 97% of PA programs require physiology, while about 88% of them require microbiology. Statistics is next with 77%, and then psychology with 66%. So interestingly enough, only around half of the programs actually require a general biology. But in truth, it's hard to take things like microbiology if you haven't actually taken general biology because a lot of times these general courses or these intro courses are required in order to take these higher level courses. So that maybe that's why they don't specify general biology because they assume you have to take general biology in order to take things like microbiology. One last note I want to mention here is they state that the programs requiring a greater number of prerequisite courses and hours tend to be those that are private, non-for-profit, newly developed, and not associated with medical schools. So that's just really interesting if you're trying to match yourself 
know that little statistic there. So I hope this really helped you guys. I just thought it was really interesting when this research article came across our desk this week. Talks a little bit about prereqs, talks a little bit about the programs, and just to let you know that you're not on your own if you're applying out of state. You're not on your own if you're applying private. You're not on your own if you have to take prereqs. And just give you an idea about what classes are commonly seen across the entire PA program network. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so excited for your future as a PA student and a PA. We hope this CASPA cycle is going great for you. Our rule is if you aren't landing interviews, there is something that needs to be fixed with your CASPA application. And if you aren't landing a seat, then there's something that needs to be improved with your interview answers. So if you are stuck somewhere in this process, then definitely reach out to us because it is our mission to help you get accepted to PA school. We specialize in all things pre-PA and to make you the most competitive candidate. From CASPA app editing and feedback sessions to mock interviews, we will show you exactly what you need to do to stand out. Keep up the great work, and we can't wait to see what your future holds as a PA.